The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go And that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right welcome in everybody this is the in between fantasy football podcast it is Wednesday, March 9th. We're back here. It's been an absolute shit show in the NFL lately, guys. Crazy land out there. Uh, but tonight, we're going to be on the show doing some Big J journalism here for you. I'm Seth Wilcock, going to be hosting you through this uh, this episode tonight. we got Nate Polvote and Jen Polvote, Colorado's favorite fantasy analyst couple. And we also have Pat Fitzmorris, the titan, the legend of the fantasy football industry. Pat, how are you doing tonight, man? Seth, I'm doing great. Uh, really nice of you and Jen and Nate to have me. I've been looking forward to this all day, so looking forward to talking to you guys. Well, hopefully we don't disappoint. <laughs> um, uh, you we will tend- not, Jen. <laughs> of course not. How could we you? We tend to not. <laughs> well, Jen doesn't disappoint. The case can be made that sometimes I, you know, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> absolutely. Guys, we have an absolutely packed show tonight. Pat, he's joining us from Fantasy Pros. He's the managing editor over there and also the host of the Fits on Fantasy podcast as well. I'm sure you guys have heard of that a time or two before. We're going to interview Pat later on in the show. We're going to learn more about his backstory, some advice he can give to listeners, our streamers tonight as well. And then we're also going to first break down the Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay news and then... uh, Close your ears here, uh, Seattle Seahawks fans, but, but Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Um, Nate, Jen, I'm, I'm sure you guys have a lot to, to talk about with, with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, excitement. Kind of want to just Relief. run down the street. <laughs> I called, I called, I actually called to break the news to you guys and you had no idea. And I could just like <laughs> hear Nate driving, fist pumping, like almost needing to pull over the car. <laughs> I, we had just we were just pulling into Walmart to do some shopping, and I like I kind of wanted to run through the aisles screaming Russell Wilson Day, Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but I also didn't want to get kicked out of Walmart, so you know. Well, that's a low point. Getting kicked, getting out, kicked of out of Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Yeah, that's why I was so excited to come on with you guys, knowing that like Nate and Jen were going to be so amped up about like not having to watch Drew Locke quarterback their team <sighs> anymore. <laughs> Locke, Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon. Oh, <laughs> oh man. The list, the list goes on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have to see that much of Paxton Lynch. That was like a half a game. And so, nope. 
not gonna work. Hey, you didn't get Tim Tebow back, but you got the next best thing with Russell Wilson. We're gonna break it down on front and center for you guys. But before we jump in, let's get to some housekeeping. If you're new here to the channel, please subscribe on YouTube. It really is the simplest way <laughs> to support the show. Um, also, if you want to follow us on Twitter at IBT Media. Everything we have going on at the site, um, going on in YouTube, the podcast, it's over there on, on the Twitter bird. So follow us at IBT underscore media. And then if you want to join the in-between family, today is a great time to do it. We're still offering a free, you can join our, our base level membership for free for your life. Get in there, come chat with us in our Discord, get one-on-one fantasy advice Guys, we don't only want to help you win your fantasy leagues. We want, you, we want you to have fun doing it. We want you to live a better life while you're doing it as well. So, guys, let's go ahead and jump into some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. All right, front and center, folks. Let's start with the Aaron Rodgers news. And, you know, we've been predicting on the show, whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go, what the fantasy impact would be here. He decides to stay with a $200 million deal over four years to Rogers. A lot of that is going to be guaranteed over 130 million of it guaranteed on the books. Devonte Adams, he's joining him back in green Bay here as well on the franchise tag guys. It, it looks like the last dance will not be uh 2021. They're running it back here. Pat, if I'm right, I, I think you're from Wisconsin. I think you're a Packers fan. So <laughs> let's start there. Overall, what like what were your non-fantasy thoughts on, on this move? So uh, it, like there were three possible outcomes with Rodgers. Either we trade him and presumably get a haul for him, keep him somehow and remain like playoff Super Bowl contenders, mm-hmm. or uh, he just retires and, and we're totally screwed. We don't have a... a good quarterback we don't get anything for him so i'm really glad the retirement scenario didn't play out um you know after the the playoff loss i was kind of in rebuild mode uh maybe it was just me sulking for a couple days but like i was kind of wishing and uh, you know as i was saying to uh jen and nate before the show like i'd seen some of the proposals the the things that Denver beat writers had talked about as far as like a possible trade package for Rogers and what it might look like. And, uh, it looked pretty good actually, you know, a lot, couple, couple of high draft picks, some nice young players. Um, but ultimately I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, like I'm eventually going to miss, uh, not being able to lord it over Vikings and bears fans. Um, so like <laughs> yeah. if I can keep that going for a couple more years, like I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and from the fantasy point of view as well, Pat, what are you adjusting here? If anything, right now, fantasy pros, your boys over there, your ECR right now, QB seven for Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver three in PPR scoring formats for Devonte Adams behind Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Is that where you are right now? Are you changing at all, or or where are your ranking shape, shaping up? I think I've got him quarterback eight, and I think I've like kept that pretty 
um, consistent. I think he would have been my quarterback eight if he would have wound up in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to stay there with with Green Bay. Um, and Adams, yeah, two or three. I can't decide whether he should be ahead of or behind Jamar Chase. Um, so I think right now I, I also have him at three. But um, part of that is because I'm kind of anticipating the Packers are going to, to draft a, a first-round wide receiver finally. Somehow uh-huh, I feel like – yeah, I feel like that was probably tacitly part of the Rodgers agreement. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to get you some more receiver help because, I mean, they're going to lose uh, Marquez Valdez scaling and maybe I'll – Thank God. Sorry, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know in a lot of – like, he he did have some bad concentration drops over the years, but, like, he, always, he was getting better with that lately. And, like, he was the one speed receiver we had, so I kind of have a soft spot for him. Like I know he's going to go to to the Raiders or someone like that. But you and I'll, Nate both, you and Nate both have a soft spot for that guy. I wouldn't say a soft spot, but like you detest him, and I don't hate him. Had him on right. before. I've watched too much MVS over the years. It's just the untimely drops. I mean, oh yeah, it. It's just like the Nelson Aguilar thing a couple of years ago in Philadelphia too. Line with Swede going back, you know, 10, 15 oh. years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So like w- once you like go there for me as a player, I have a hard time trusting you a little bit. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> but so Rogers, he, he's coming back. Devonte Adams, obviously he, he's back as well. We kind of broke down what, what that means for Pat. Jen and Nate, do you disagree with Pat at all? Are you keeping Rogers somewhere in that QB one conversation, keeping Adams up there with Cooper cup and Jamar chase in that wide receiver one conversation? Yeah. I mean, for now, for this season, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not They're They've been practicing COVID seemingly over. So yeah, I don't, I don't see them slipping or falling anywhere. I mean, I, yeah, I don't really see what's changed. They're back for another year. They're a year older. But Rogers shown that it's still there. He just won an MVP, and Devontae Adams is still a top three to five receiver in the NFL. And I don't think you can argue that. And for fantasy, he's going to continue. I mean, Rogers isn't going to stop throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. Yeah, but their run game isn't changing. We're essentially going to see the same offense next season that we saw this season. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll I'll be, I'll be curious to see what what Hackett's departure means, if anything. There. Um, Overall, though, I, I think we will get a similar Green Bay Packers, maybe an upgraded at, at wide wide receiver. Um, you know, I, I think we'll have the conversation later this offseason, Nate, wh- whether it is Jamar Chase or whether it is Devontae Adams that is that number wide, two wide receiver in fantasy football this year. I think Adams right now is the more surefire thing. I, I think it's a safety net. I think there is some regression coming toward Jamar Chase. But overall, it, I, like I know that's going to be a fun discussion we're going to have and go back and forth on. Oh, definitely. Plus Brady will have plenty of time to heal from his heartbreak. It's about <laughs> several months. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, guys, in other news as well, probably the biggest news, um, especially in the Denver area, Russell Wilson traded from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. An absolute haul for the Seahawks, though. In return, Drew Locke, Noah Fant. So pretty much that entire 2018 first and second round picks uh, for from Denver going to Seattle. Then they're getting two first round, two first round picks, two second round picks, exchanging the fourth and the fifth round pick. Um, looking at it right now, Jen and Nate, I, let's start with the non fancy angle. Um, I, I know we talked a little bit about it, but you guys have gone through so much since Peyton Manning. Um, you know, wanting to believe in in some half ass quarterbacks and, and just finding hope. What does it mean to have some stability back in the franchise for the first time since 2016? 
oh my God, we're so sick of being losers. It's not even funny, like across all sports. Like it's not just the Broncos, but we were winners for so long. So now, long. I mean, the Avs did well this year, um, are doing well this year, but otherwise, what else do we have? Yeah, you got the Joker and the, the Nuggets down there, but you yeah, know. yeah. But realistically, but, like they're not, they're still not in it. Yeah. No. And so yeah, a wave of relief went over the Mile High City. <laughs> Well, it was funny. We got home after Seth broke the news to us, turned on NFL Network, just to kind of see what the responses were, what they were talking about. And all access finished, and it went to a replay of the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl. No, it was it was a documentary. Yeah, it was an NFL films like documentary yeah. replay of the Super Bowl. And of course, what's the first thing they show? The snap over Manning's head. Right. And we watched it for like 30 more seconds and shut it off. Like, so get good news and NFL network is like, well, we're going to give Bronco fans watching this for the Russell Wilson news, the middle finger, just real yeah. quick. Yeah. Like, this is what we're going to play next. It was like but a also, two hour documentary. It wasn't just a real quick well, middle finger. It was real like, quick. it's like, we're just going to remind you of this yeah. pain. But with Russell Wilson coming to Denver, if he wins a Super Bowl, I feel like that avenges that loss. And then I can go back to not despising the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll be good. That's funny because right after the, the Wilson thing, NFL Network also showed the replay of the uh, NFC Championship game where the Packers blew the 19 nothing lead oh. to Seattle. Oh. Like they're doing Russell Wilson's greatest hits to cause, <laughs> cause the most possible pain. Like, <laughs> Oh, Scott. Get out of here, Scott. <laughs> Scott says, that sounds like a really good documentary. For those of you who don't know, Scott lives in Seattle and is a diehard Seahawks oh. fan. So <laughs> it's a miracle that we're friends. Enjoy your rebuild, Scott. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Sorry, he, man. He, he was putting in our uh, – he was actually uh, – another reason you're going to want to join the in-between family, guys. Scott was putting – we were reacting to the Russell Wilson news – Scott was saying how he's like interested in the draft for once in his life. And I was like, let's not forget how the, how the Seahawks have drafted the last, you know, five years. And, and that's part of the reason why Russell Wilson is bailing. So. I mean, that's, and that's fair. I get that. Dwayne Eskridge. Really? Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah. Like I, I, I get it. Outside of, outside of DK Metcalf on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Chris sure. Carson with, with the late hit, you know, and even their offensive linemen have, have not been good that they've developed through the draft. So hopefully Russell Wilson, he, he gets out of there. He's going to bring a little more stability to that Denver offense. They do lose Noah Fant, a big part of that offense. But Nate, you've been harping on Alberto for an absolutely like like two years. I, I yes. still can't pronounce his name that well. Aqua Bonham, I want to say. Yeah, that's um, it, it's only from hearing Nate. But Nate, um, is Alberto one of your biggest obvious fantasy winners from this move i mean he's one of them i think jerry judy's a big winner here an enormous winner here if he can stay on the field uh tim patrick i think kj hamler could be a guy who we see get more deep targets because russell wilson throws a beautiful deep ball and i'm excited for that hamler's a speedster if they can get him more involved in the offense it's just good for the team obviously coming off injury that'll be interesting to see how that works out i think albert O though he he's that new mold of tight end. that's more built like a wide receiver and athletically yeah. he plays more like a wide receiver. I was excited to see him teamed back up with drew lock after what they were able to do at Mizzou together. That obviously didn't pan out, but I think physically he's so talented 
Russell Wilson's going to love throwing the ball to him. He's a big target that can get downfield. He gets open. What's not to love? And I could see him having over 100 targets this year. Wow. It's a big number. It's a big number. Pat, who are some of your other fantasy winners from this move on either side of teams here? Well, I'm glad that uh, Nate is also fired up about Albert. Oh, uh, so am I. I mean, I, I kind of, I've got a really good friend who went to Mizzou. So I, I, he kind of clued me into Albert O pretty early in his college career and uh, just like special athlete, man, like what, oh, yeah. six, six, four and a half or six, five in a hundredth percentile speed score at tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like he just didn't have the target opportunity before. Now he's got the opportunity. He's getting a better quality of targets coming from Russell Wilson, as opposed to Drew Locke or Teddy B. Um, and like, this is a dude who, I don't know. I, I guess a lot of guys in the NFL under the right circumstances could be like 600 yard tight ends, but there aren't too many who can like, you know, take a little catch and, and, turn it up and like out race guys and go like 40 or 50 yards for a big, like, I think he can turn that 600, 650 yard season into like an 800, 850 yard season. Um, so like there's tight end one upside there. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think he's kind of going to be drafted right around the, the low end tight end one range as he should be. Yeah, I, ho- I hope the ADP doesn't get too high on him, though, because I- I'm always, you know, a little hesitant to put too much stock into these unproven tight ends. Last year, a lot of us made a couple mistakes with that um, d- d- down in New Orleans. That was probably one, one of the worst ones we had. Um, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Who- Adam, Adam Troutman. I, I never understood why people were so excited I, I even, about I mean, him. I- even like when we did our projections last year, though, like the targets had to go somewhere. So I was filtering them to Adam Troutman, expecting him to be there. And I mean, absolute waste of, of a lot of draft capital on my end on Adam Troutman. So that's the only thing I think I'm a little hesitant on. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they're out there, maybe shopping for an upgrade at tight end. I mean, Gronk is around. I don't know if they had, you know, they'll have that draft capital with Russell Wilson or that uh, salary capital with Russell Wilson coming in. But there are some tight ends who probably aren't going to get franchised or haven't been franchised yet. So keep an eye out for Gronk. How would you feel about that one, Nate? Uh, Gronk to New Orleans, I think, is a dream. That probably I meant Gronk to Denver, sorry. Oh, Gronk to Denver? No, I think if he plays, I think it's Buffalo. Okay, okay. The, I read something today where there's a handful of former New England players that want to go to Buffalo. Chandler Jones being one of them, JC Jackson being one of them. Maybe Gronk is part of that crew because they want to stick it to Belichick. Okay. Which, and I don't know if how much truth there is to that. I kind of could see it, I guess. Maybe they didn't like the Belichick way. So I think he goes to Buffalo if he plays. Okay. But back back to the Broncos, Seahawks, winners, losers here. I I think a huge winner for for me is Tim Patrick. And I put a thread out on Twitter earlier today um, about why I'm so into Tim Patrick. And, you know, one, it's the availability. Yes, you know, an ACL isn't the, the, the most predictable injury that we've seen. So, obviously, Cortland Sutton coming off that, we can't hold that against him. But he still played more games than both Judy and uh, and Sutton over the last two years. And I think the big thing is when you look back at, at, at the stats, at, at the tape that these last couple of years, Tim Patrick is a really, really solid player. And he's outpaced those two specifically in touchdowns last two seasons, 11-3. to three. I mean, or 11 to five, excuse me. So that's a pretty big, pretty big margin for him to be out producing both those guys in touchdowns 
led the team in first downs. I mean, they obviously paid him three year, $35 million deal for a reason. So I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still targeting I, uh, on the low end. If I can get him at a cost cost worthy ADP, Jerry, Judy and Cortland Sutton. But I think Tim Patrick here could be a really, really nice uh, deep ball, you know, air target uh, f- for Russell Wilson. I don't hate I agree. that at all. Yeah. I just, I just think you're going to get him at a better price too. I just grabbed him and I think the 19th round of a best ball. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, and I was pretty excited. Yeah. He, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. A lot of people have been hot on him for a while. Um, Scott here in the comments, $10 Eskridge has more receiving yards than Patrick in 22. Get out of here, Scott. <laughs> get out of here. Don't rain on my parade today. <laughs> um, Pat, any, to get any other big winners for you here? Uh, big winner. I mean, I think Javante benefits. I think they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, more uh, longer sustained drives, more touchdown opportunity. Um, you know, like if, if Javante does get this backfield fully to himself as the, uh, you know, Broncos have kind of insinuated like they're, you know, even if they do bring Melvin back, that Javante is going to be the main guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard not to like him as a, like a late first round pick next year. Mm. Wow. That's it, it. It's been some time since we've seen a Denver player go that early in fantasy drafts. Oh, so that would be something. He's such a horse, man. I just, I love the way the guy runs. I mean, he just drags guys. Uh, I forget oh, yes. the I forget the name of the the Ravens. I forget which cornerback it was who he carried on his back for like twenty yards this past <laughs> season. I mean, that was just like the guy was like literally on his back, and Javante was just running like normally. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, the Broncos Lions game. We were sitting right, kind of like far up, but almost at the goal line. And we watched him on that touchdown run drag like four guys, and we're standing there like, is he gonna go down? He he's gonna score. Yeah. Like, dude, he just like you said, Pat. He drags people around. Like, what's not to love? It'll be a really interesting conversation to hear. Um, you know, who, who you're taking over uh, either Najee Harris or him. And, you know, I, I think the elusiveness, the broken tackles, that was really great to see from Javante. And when he got the shot in those games without Melvin, he really, really, you know, put the hammer down. He was the overall running back one, I believe, one of those weeks as well. So I, I think that's a great call there, Pat. Yeah, and it it was tough, by the way, because, like, I'm a, a University of Wisconsin guy. And okay, I definitely yeah. got a, you know, I've, I've been to a game where Melvin Gordon ran for 404 yards or whatever it was against Nebraska in the snow. And uh, like, I love Melvin. I love Melvin. And I know like everyone just wanted Melvin to get the hell out of the way. So Javante could do his thing. And like, I totally understand that, but like Melvin is still good, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I can see why the Broncos continued to give him carries. It wasn't like they were wasted carries. He was basically yeah. as productive as Javante, but um, it is Javante's time. I mean, he's, he's got the potential to be a special player and, you know, Melvin's on the, the backside of his career. That's, that's cool. But um, you know, was it was a little painful knowing that everyone saw Melvin as just this obstacle for Javante mm-hmm. to, uh, yeah. you know, overcome. Well, Melvin turned up the charm this past season because he was trying to show everybody that he could be his old self and, you know, have the the yards and the touchdowns. And so it was nice to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it seemed like there were so many games where their stat lines were like really similar, same number yeah. of carries, yeah. yards, yeah, they even. both have a touchdown. Um, yes. Yeah, so it was, uh, but that's just obviously kind of hard to deal with when you've got, you know, Javante and your fantasy team and you're not getting the, the windfall yeah. you think you should be getting every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- there's definitely a lot of unanswered questions on the, on the Seattle side of this trade right now too. We don't know who the quarterback is. I mean, they could do some type of bridge job here with Drew Locke, but I don't think that has any, you know, wind under that sale. We don't know the status of Chris Carson long-term here. They could save some money if they do shell his contract here in the next couple months. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. They seem to not want to get in a bidding war over Rashad Penny. They, they would like to retain him, Pete Carroll said, but um, it, it's not really in Seattle's nature to get into a bidding war either. So um, a, a lot of unanswered questions there. Jen, are you seeing any any losers, really big losers here, either in Seattle or in Denver from this trade? I mean, obviously, like we've been saying on the quarterback side of things, I mean, Nate and I have been talking about that the um, strategy could be for Seattle to flip all of those picks and go for like – Deshaun Watson, which I don't, I don't know. It could, could be a thing. Um, but I feel like this was just an overall really good trade for both teams and whatever Seattle decides to do, they're going to be fine. Pete Carroll's obviously a very smart man. Um, and we've got Russ. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're being a little negligent Jen, to uh, possibly the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett fantasy managers out there. Um, sure. Are those guys on your board at all, you know, in comparison to these Denver wide receivers? Yeah, a thousand percent. Of course. I mean, no matter what happens at quarterback, DK and Lockett are always going to be DK and Lockett. You know, they're they're veterans. They're they know how to find the ball. They know how to get there. Like, I'm not worried about those guys at all. They're still going to be picked up. Nate, do you worry about either of them? Because if it's up to me, like, I do think DK is a little more QB proof, but I do worry about Lockett just a little bit because part of what made him so dynamic would seem to be that connection with Russell Wilson, man. I mean, there are some broken down plays that that they just seem to have that connection. But Russell Wilson didn't want to be in Seattle anymore. So it's like he's playing subpar, which then affects Lockett. Like, that's that's a tough tough comparison mm-hmm. go ahead nate sorry I no still... you're fine it's like we're in our living room talking football it's, it's perfect <laughs> so, <clears throat> i don't think i think whatever seattle does the people are like well we got drew lock great season with drew Locke. they're not going to try and ride drew lock pete carroll is too old to try and rebuild he's 70 years old if he's going to keep coaching, 71, if he's going to keep coaching, he wants to continue to win. So there are a handful of scenarios. They move up to get Malik Willis in the draft because they're not going to get him at nine. There's no way. And they're not going to wait think for so. him. No, I think he's gone. I think you somebody think Jack, just been moved up that high from the combine. I think enough that quarterback needy teams are going to be talking to Jacksonville about that first pick. Stop, stop. Uh, Jacksonville doesn't need it. Who are they going to take with that first pick that they can't get at three or four? There's enough, there's enough good tackles at the top there, man. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So I think either they move up if they can't get Willis, they go after either Marcus Mariota or they actually are trying to flip those picks to get Deshaun Watson. 
Okay. There's no way that they're going into the season with Drew Locke unless they know something we don't know <laughs> about Drew Locke or that the Broncos don't know about <laughs> Drew Locke. I just I can't see Pete Carroll hanging his hat on Drew Locke. So, no, I'm not worried about DK Metcalf. I'm really not worried about Tyler Lockett. I think they're going to be fine. I think Noah Fant might actually find some fantasy relevance this season. Like, high-end, like, tight-end, like, mid-tier tight-end one, Ooh. depending on who they bring in. Okay. I can see it. I mean, Jimmy Graham was – Jimmy Graham is a similar, like – I feel like he's a similar profile to Noah Fant, and Jimmy Graham did really well in Seattle. He really did. It was surprising and annoying. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. we'll see. I mean, obviously, like, we haven't even hit free agency. So a yeah. lot is going to change as we're having these conversations. But I'm not – I at this current moment, like, I'm not trying to move those guys off any of my dynasty rosters. I'm holding them. Pat, w- what's your thoughts on this? Um, I kind of think that unless they do make some sort of move for Deshaun Watson – they are in a rebuild. Um, you know, and I know Pete Carroll doesn't want to be in one, but like, that's just not a, a Super Bowl caliber roster. Um, you know, maybe, maybe with Deshaun Watson, they could have a puncher's chance and sort of a weekend NFC where uh, there just aren't that many good teams anymore. I mean, someone was talking about this on Twitter today. Like Kirk Cousins is like the fifth best quarterback in the NFC. I'm like, no, that can't be right. And I was looking at all the rosters like, oh, my God, he is the fifth best quarterback in the NFC. (laughs) Um, And I I think Cousins is just trash, too. Like, I'm the biggest Cousins hater there is, but he is the fifth best quarterback in the NFC. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I do think it's it's probably going to be – if if you have Malik Willis or Marcus Mariota as your quarterback, you're you're in a rebuild. And I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you, Seth. I mean, I, I think um, it's going to be a bigger blow to um, Lockett than Metcalf because I think Metcalf is, uh, you know, the athleticism can maybe survive some subpar quarterbacking, but like Lockett did have that special chemistry with Russ that probably can't be replicated with a lesser quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely with you on that, man. I've just seen that connection for so many years. And, I mean, l- let's not forget, like, Tyler Lockett wasn't really a household name four or five years ago. I mean, he was really developed from, you know, a late round, a later round wide receiver. And, and Russell Wilson did a great job developing him. Um, you know, we kind of saw the same thing with Doug Baldwin, you know, eight, ten years ago as well. So, um, guys, I, I, I love the discussion here. I'm sure we're going to have much more on these trades, the other news that's happened in the league as well. Um, but we do want to get into our off-season session. So let's go ahead and hop into that. All right, so our off-season sessions, we're bringing it back for 2022, and it's really our way of just getting to know the the fantasy analysts more in the community um, and just more people in general. I mean, there's so many – everyone has a story. We tell stories here in between media all the time, and we want to continue to do that. Um, Pat, you're someone who has a lot of experience in this industry, um, you know, just in the media field in general. Um, Can we go way back with you? Let's go way back here. Um, Sure. Can I believe if my research is correct, you grew up in Milwaukee. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and growing up there? 
Yeah, a uh, little village uh, just north of Milwaukee called Whitefish Bay, and um, the hometown to Milwaukee Brewers manager uh, Craig Council and Kristen Johnson, the the tall girl from Third Rock from the Sun, oh. also Whitefish Bay natives. Um, nice. So yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty idyllic childhood. I mean, it was just uh, my friends and I were all like sports maniacs and just, um, you know, like summers were just constant string of baseball, football, basketball games, yeah. you know, in the, the winter we would play hockey or street hockey or yeah, like whatever sport there was, we were pretty much playing it uh, year round. And then like at night and on weekends, we'd be like, you know, playing Nerf basketball tournaments inside or, or like, you know, some mm -hmm. stupid sports board game like Stratomatic or something like that. So uh, and sports video games like we were just total sports junkies. Mm -hmm. So that was that was kind of how life was back then. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was uh, sounds nice. It, it was fun. And uh, it was like, I was, uh, I'm an only child and uh, like grew up with a single mom. So my house was kind of quiet, but like my closest friends were all like the oldest of three brothers. So it was pretty cool for me because I mm -hmm. could have like this, you know, chill home life and not have to share anything with anyone. Yeah. And then like go over to their house and it was like just, you know, brothers and chaos and pandemonium, which I also liked. So best of both worlds, I guess. So what was your favorite sport growing up? If you had oh, to pick man. like one you followed the most. I I think I didn't really shift it over to football until maybe like early high school. So I think probably baseball, if you put a gun to my head. I mean, like the, the Milwaukee Brewers back in my childhood was a pretty good team, like in the early 80s. Like those mm -hmm. were some really good teams. We've um, actually, I think we've had like brief discussions about like Robin Yount. Yeah, yeah, Yount was like my hero. So yeah, it's awesome. And, and then Pat, after after you graduate there in your small town near Milwaukee, you end up going to Wisconsin University um, to major in journalism, if I'm correct as well. Um, I'm also a fellow journalism major, so I definitely see the you know how that can transition into a career in fantasy sports. Um, but could you just talk a little bit about your experience there in Madison? I mean. It, it, I've always wanted to go to Madison. I've always, you know, I'm a Penn State guy living here in State College, but I've always seen it out there in Madison. It looks awesome. looks like a great institution. Um, so could you just tell us a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, I mean, Madison is really a great town. It's like just um, one of the prettiest campuses. I mean, I've, I've been to a bunch of campuses and it's just a really gorgeous place. Um, you know, kind of a crazy atmosphere. Uh, people, the, the drinking culture in Wisconsin is just like, it's hard to explain if you didn't grow up with it, but like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a different, I don't know, like, uh, the people of Wisconsin do have a special relationship with alcohol. I think and that really, <laughs> that really kind of, uh, showed up in full at Madison and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was fully immersed in that culture. I think it's safe to say. Um, but yeah, the, the journalism, Seth, I mean, why not get into journalism? Because newspapers are always going to be a powerhouse field, right? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of like my track, print journalism. Like I worked for the student newspaper and um, but I didn't really like I wrote a little bit of sports for the, the student newspaper, mm -hmm. but mainly um I got into the entertainment section of that just because I remember going to the organizational meeting and like uh, there was this long line of people 
waiting to talk to the sports editor and like right. there was kind of no one at, at the entertainment thing and i'm like you know i could write entertainment stuff and I, like i just wanted to write so i'm like i'm gonna do yeah. this yeah and uh kind of worked out well like yeah i was i was getting assignments whenever i wanted covering like you know concerts and doing movie reviews and all that and like pretty soon uh, i moved up to like assistant editor and then editor of the entertainment section and um so that was pretty cool and it it like helps develop versatility i guess i don't know so um mm -hmm. yeah uh and and just went through the j school and everything and um that was that that's awesome it, it's funny you say that story about you actually going into more of the entertainment because same thing happened with me um me and my girlfriend of five years now um we actually like kind of met during that day we went to the, the student newspaper and i remember sitting there and the, the sports section was supposed to be last. Like if you wanted to write for the sports section, it was going to be last. And I was like afraid there wouldn't be, you know, any stories left. So I ended up just taking like a story for the culture section, which, you know, covering movies and, and the local live music scene and all that. And by the time they got to the sports section, they ran out of stories. Like they were like, oh, all, all of the beats are filled. All the columns are filled. So like you're kind of shit out of luck if you got here and didn't take a story. And like Katie didn't take a story that first time because of that, you know, exact thing. So it's just kind of funny because I also didn't write a lot of sports my first two years at college because I was the culture editor. I was the culture lead writer. So, you know, covering those other topics. So it's just interesting to hear that. Yeah. Um, and, and that was sort of, uh, I don't know, that's kind of how the rest of, of the story went. But we'll we'll get into mm -hmm. that, I guess, eventually. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and then, Pat, after, after you graduate there from Madison, you went on and uh, you actually start working eventually for Pro Football Weekly. I think you worked for a couple of locals maybe before that as well. Um, so so how, how did that really transition um, into fantasy sports eventually? And, and what was that experience like working back at, at Pro Football Weekly, you know, really back in, I, I want to say it's heyday? Yeah, that was pretty fun because um, I was coming to Pro Football Weekly from a uh, chain of suburban newspapers in Milwaukee and where I was doing news, um, mm -hmm. yet another different branch of journalism, I guess. And, uh, you know, it was fun to get back to the fun and games after doing, you know, city or village council and school board and zoning commission <laughs> meetings. Uh, suddenly, yeah. like doing things in the NFL draft was pretty damn fun after that. So, um yeah, I mean, that was it. Uh, when I got there was sort of like fantasy was maybe 20% of it. And okay. um, a lot of it was, um, you know, just issue planning and uh, editing and like working with all these. We had like a, a beat writer on every team who we would like call every week and kind of pick their brains and try to do this notes column. Um, so there were a lot of different, you know, like one of my first days on the job, I think I got to interview Jeff Fisher for something like he had wow. just won. Yeah, it was kind of like a he had won, I think, like coach of the year. Maybe it was uh, maybe even then it was like assistant coach of the year. It was just kind of like a little puff piece on him. But I like, you know, got to call him up and talk to him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a blast. And I did that for um, oh, the other really cool thing was like working on the draft stuff there because there was a guy there named Joel Buxbaum who was like I mean he was bigger than Mel Kuyper back then oh really wow I mean like maybe I shouldn't say mm -hmm. bigger than but like Kuyper was the TV guy but Buxbaum was like the guy the really hardcore draft people respected mm -hmm. and uh like myself and maybe two of the other associate editors 
we were like Joel's lackeys, like just whatever Joel <laughs> needed us to do. Like basically Joel would tell us to jump and we'd ask how high and it would right. be things like him calling us and like, I don't know why, but I was usually one of the first editors in the office. So, and Joel was kind of an early bird. So like a lot of times he'd be hunting for me in the morning to like call some little col like Catawba college, which I couldn't even tell you where it is. Um, <laughs> Pat, I need you to track down 40 times for like all these guys from Catawba College. I'm like, really? Cool? Like, <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be multiple NFL bound guys from Catawba College, really? And, you know, <laughs> I'd have to like look up the look up the phone number, you know. And this was pre, uh, you know, like the internet wasn't quite the uh, power. Yeah. This was like in the late 90s, so um, you know. I, this stuff just wasn't readily available. I'd have to like call the sports information director and try to track all this stuff down. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah. So I, the thing was, it just did not pay all that much. Like, um, yeah. you know, had pro football weekly been based in like Billings, Montana, I'm sure I could have made a, a decent living out of it, but I was in <laughs> Chicago at the time and the, the cost of living was a little uh, higher than uh, it, you know, my, salary was allowing so i had to uh move on but i left in good terms mm. and continue to do fantasy stuff for them and that's kind of how i i kept a, a toe in the fantasy waters for a long time that's awesome so after but after pro football weekly like what did that kind of look like obviously to where you are now i suppose but like was it i don't know how was it always like you always wanted to make sure that you stayed somewhere in the fantasy industry and you wanted to keep doing that no matter what happened? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like, I always enjoyed it, Nate. Like, and I was doing, um, it was one of my pro football weekly editors who first proposed the idea of doing weekly fantasy rankings. I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting idea. Sure. I could do that a shot. Uh, give that's that awesome. a shot. Yeah. And I was like doing the rankings and like maybe one weekly article. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, Good relationship with them i'd contribute to their uh fantasy magazine um i i didn't know that i was ever going to get back into it it was like kind of something i wanted to do but like i wasn't totally um i don't know i wasn't totally all in to trying to get back into it that just sort of eventually happened but um you know i guess just sticking around long enough uh, a door finally opened to, to do it full time. Um, and what I was doing was I was working uh, first for a couple of years at a little boutique uh, content syndicate that provided like newspaper inserts for smaller papers mm -hmm. all over the country and in Canada. This company was based mm -hmm. in Canada. Um, and then for like a long time at Chicago Tribune Company um, at this like sort of national syndicate uh, Tribune Media Services, and then it was called Tribune Content Agency, and we would just sell columns, like everything from op-eds, political columns, to, you know, pet advice, mm -hmm. bridge columns, like, you know, how to mm -hmm. play winning bridge. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was kind of a fun job, because, like, there was, it was never the same day twice, and I was yeah. like, working with a lot of different writers and everything, but, um, you know, I wasn't entirely... You know, not not like a dream job. It was a fun job, but like not, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was it wasn't too hard to leave it behind, I guess, eventually. Yeah. 
And Pat, what were some of those? Was there anything like specific, any key strategies that you think you kind of implemented throughout, you know, whether it was your time at Pro Football Weekly, the time in between there when you started your own podcast that really led you to where you are now with Fantasy Pros? Oh, man. Um, Like, yeah, I wasn't necessarily trying to... um, like I said, it wasn't like an all out siege to try to get into the fantasy business. Mm-hmm. Like I know um, Mike Tagliere of fantasy pro the late Mike Tagliere, who's a friend of mine, like tags when he wanted to get in, like he left a banking job and he was just all in to try to get a full-time fantasy job. Like he, and his wife encouraged it. Like, I don't think he would have done it cause he had um, you know, like a young daughter at the time. And um, but like, she's like, this is what's going to make you happy. Like I can't live with you not pursuing your dream. So she totally pushed him and it, it's, you know, like at tags funeral, I was talking to Tabby about that and telling tags wife, how amazing I thought that was that she was supporting him and like taking that risk and leaving this secure banking job behind or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, you know, your wife would have done the same thing. I'm like, no, trust me. She would not have been, uh, she would have been like, you're keeping the banking job. Dude. Yeah. Um, so with me, it was just like, uh, rather than this full scale siege to try to get into the fantasy thing, it was just like, I don't know, maybe kind of a, and sometimes you just have to be like a burglar, I guess, just try, try windows and doors mm-hmm. and see if someone left something unlocked and like, mm-hmm. there might be a, a, a sneaky way in. And, um, you know, the other thing, and I, I, know you guys understand this because like i know how well liked you guys are and how well respected you are like just be nice to people don't be a dick you know make hard yeah uh make friends be nice Mm -hmm. to people um you know and i that helps grow your relationships and um yeah and just like there are a lot of ways to get into it too i mean some people are good writers some people are good talkers some people are like great with graphics. I mean, um, like a lot of different possible ways. And I guess do as many things as you can, Mm -hmm. um, you know, diversify your skill sets. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it, there are a lot of different routes for, for people to take, um, you know, and like, I don't know, I, some people might just never be able to get in and I don't know if I would ever recommend going all in, but, you know, just do the burglar thing. Keep trying those <laughs> doors and windows. Yeah. 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 What are some of your other passions outside of fantasy football? Oh, man. Um, let's see. We got a, a pandemic dog. He's He's been taking up a lot of time. Nice. A, yes. a good pup. And uh, I'm kind of a, a golf addict. Um, speaking of pets, as, as one of Jen's cats, uh, Yes. Pays a visit. Um, <laughs> one of one of them. Yeah, I'm kind of a, a golf junkie, and like the pandemic sort of helped with that because you know mm-hmm. like I stopped commuting to downtown Chicago and the old job when the pandemic hit, and we nice. had a golf course like right next door. It's like three minutes to the to par- the parking lot. And it was really easy for me to kind of sneak away and uh, you know instead of uh, for lunch break go and play nine holes or hit a bucket of golf balls or something. So I've been um, trying to play a lot of golf lately. I know that's boring, but uh, now that I'm old and unathletic, like that's a, a good sport for me. 
um, <laughs> yeah, we just had a fantasy pros company trip and we had like a flag football game. And um, we saw that it was like, wait a minute, fantasy pros. Cause obviously Nate and I are both with fantasy pros and it's like, we were not invited to this awesome event. What is happening? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. They should have, they should have had all the, all the, freelancers too that would have been a good time. Uh, someone could have subbed in for me in this football game like, <laughs> not I me made, i like intercepted a pass and i was like trying to juke this guy who's like you know probably like 30 in really good shape i'm like what am i doing and like this <laughs> this muscle in my upper thigh was just like dude what are you doing <laughs> don't even think of doing that again <laughs> It's still to this day. It's, it's still reminding me that that was a really bad decision. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick to the golf. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> I've had people who are like, "Are you going to play in the uh, expo fantasy football stuff?" And like, I thought about it for a minute. Like, I, how do you get home with two torn ACLs? <laughs> and probably ruptured Achilles. <laughs> And they, I probably put a disc in my back. I we know. might need you. We might put together an IBT team, brother. We nope, might need nope, you. Nope, nope, Can nope, I play nope, offensive nope, line? I'm the one who has to take care of him. Unless right, you're coming back to Denver with us. With no this injury-prone person who can't walk up and down the stairs. Fair enough. I, I just went skiing over the weekend, and we went biking. <laughs> I fell both times, really effed myself up. And I was like, <laughs> of course. like I'm the most uncoordinated person there, there could be on this planet. So I feel your pain. I feel your pain there, Pat. Um, Dude. That, that, and you're twenty. You're twenty three. <laughs> so to be fair, your Add pain is decades. not our pain. True. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I don't want to know. I don't know. Want to know what your pain though is? Is Nate here? You know, add another fifteen <laughs> to me. Um, we, we got a comment here from Brad Bolt. Would love to see Jen's face when Nate rips his leg completely off his body. It will be an eye roll. And then I told you so. Like, great. This Man, is just I, great. I made the mistake of playing competitive baseball in my late 20s. And not only playing competitive baseball, I was like, I want to I want to play catcher. Oh. Oh. No, yeah. no yeah. thanks. I, was, I had like a baggie of Tylenol where I would just grab <laughs> scoops of Tylenol and give them to him before the game. I was like, taking two 800 milligram just so my knees wouldn't hurt at the end of the three hours of catching. Oh my God. Yeah, this the timetable on your knee replacement, Nate. I mean, it's probably like next <laughs> oh, year, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 clicking. It's coming up. I I can hear it coming. <laughs> it, you feel it when it gets uh gets rainy out there, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> we can feel the snow coming in. With the weather changes here, it's constant pain. Constant it was, pain. Yeah, it was snowy and it was snowing with the sun out today. And we drove 30 miles. Know, yeah, 20. Nine, 25, 25, 30 miles, 30 miles north to south. And it was sunny and snowing the entire drive. It was very weird weather here in Denver today. Kind of thought maybe the world was going to end, but wasn't too <laughs> yeah. sure what was going on. <laughs> yeah. They you it never would be know, know these days, Nate, honestly. So, okay, Pat, I want to ask, because this is something Jen and I, I think we kind of struggle with a little bit because we're both home doing this, trying to figure out this whole football life. But being in this industry, especially fantasy sports, because it's so like minute to minute news and everybody has a thought on everything that happens. How do you find a work-life balance? How do you not find yourself so consumed that you're just like missing out on other things around you? 
Oh God. Uh, boy, bad time to ask that question. Cause there is none right now. Uh, it's pretty much all work this week. Um, yeah. you know, just kind of coming out of this, this trip and doing some planning and prepping and getting ready for free agency, which is going to be this big crescendo and like figuring our battle plan up until the draft. Um, so it has been kind of crazy, man. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I've got uh, well, I've got two teenagers in the house, so that kind of forces me out of my work zone a lot of the yeah. times to like yell at them and um, <laughs> yeah, have boys, that, girls, uh, one of each, one of each. Um, mm. Yeah, so for they do a good job of like uh, rattling my cage every mm. so often to sort of get me out of the the work zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like long walks with the dog and um you know just like there is there will come a time at about like you know nine o'clock ten o'clock at night where i'm like okay that's it i'm done i'm just gonna like you know sink into the couch uh <laughs> with the dog asleep next to me like mindlessly watching something on tv and flipping through twitter um mm -hmm. so yeah i mean like it's the work-life balance is not always there especially when you know your your work involves something you really like you know, football, mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting there at the computer and I've got NFL network on, it's like, wait, this is, this is really a job. Huh? Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I don't know that there always is the sort of normal balance that I've had in past jobs. Um, you know, but I don't mind that. I don't mind the more immersive work life thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Especially when it doesn't feel like work. It's like, yeah. yes, I have this thing on my to-do list and I do need to accomplish this thing today, but it's like, but I, I also have NFL network on and I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. writing or editing or whatever it is. It's like, this is my life. How yeah. is this? My work, my work today is to watch film on Malik Willis. Like, yeah. wow, what a bummer. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Can I right. please get back to my wood shop days? Yeah. <laughs> said yeah. no one ever yeah exactly um it, it does feel kind of but then there there are the sacrifices of like you know, i don't know if this is that much of a sacrifice but like during the season i would do this uh wrap up sunday night podcast with dan harris just our impressions mm -hmm. of the the season or of the week things that happened you know kind of spinning that forward to how we're looking at players and um you know, it was just like I'd, I'd be kind of taking notes throughout the day and everything. But whereas normally for, you know, the entire entirety of my adult life, like football Sunday was like three or four beers at least, you know, and, and just like I'm like, oh, I can't really drink. I mean, this is this is my job. Mm -hmm. I got to be on this live stream at, at 9 p.m. Central. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, but like it's these are these are worthwhile adjustments to have to make, I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, that's, I, I definitely can relate to that, to that. And I, I think a lot of us do here in between media, as you know, like any startup, it takes time. And I honestly think I've been like kind of plugged into this desk chair since about 9am. I'll probably, we'll get off this stream, take a couple hours and, you know, maybe be plugged back in later night, later tonight too. And, you know, I, that's just kind of what comes with the territory, but I think it's, it, it's Pat, it's, it's exactly what you said when you love what you do, you know, it doesn't always feel like work. So I think, I think that's some, some great advice is to find, you know, whatever you love, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's, you know, something else in your life, chasing that, 
um, sometimes can, can lead, you know, to, to that happiness that you want to find. Yeah. Well said, Seth. Mm -hmm. and He's also a very place. smart 23 year old. Just... <laughs> Wise beyond your years, man. Well, yes, he is. I, you guys make me feel like you're my parents sometimes when you say that. Just... <laughs> well, I'm old We're enough old enough to be your parents. parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. I definitely yeah. appreciate it. Um, Jen, Nate, any final questions here for Pat before we roll out? I guess for me it would probably be just what it's been like to join the staff at Fantasy Pros. Cause like you said, Nate and I are um, freelancers and like over the moon that we get to do that. You know, we're not going on all the amazing trips, but um, how, how has that been as an experience for you? Oh, it's been really good. I like just um, the content team is really cool. Um, you know, Matt Friedman, who I finally got to meet in person at last year's fantasy football expo, like, uh, we've done podcasts together in the past and he's just always someone I feel like I've had this, uh, I've always been sort of in sync with and like getting to work with him and having him, you know, basically be my boss now. is like, mm -hmm. uh, really cool. Like, I mean, I, I, if I was going to handpick anyone to be my boss, it would probably be Matt. So, um, that's great. And it's, it's just, you know, Joe Pisapia and Andrew Erickson and oh, Derek yeah. Brown mm -hmm. and, and Mike Mayer, who's, who's been more behind the scenes and this guy, Blaine Blondes, who's fantastic. Like the, the whole amazing. team. I don't know how Blaine does what he does. Oh my God. Blaine is just a, a dynamo. <laughs> like he, I know he, you know, organizes like everything. I mean, All he is, us. yeah. And I'm not the most, um, oh, thanks Brad. And, and Nate thanks, is Brad. Playing it. Yes. Um, yeah. And then like, we've got the best developers, uh, like the team of developers is, and I was joking with one of them at, on this trip about how, like at fantasy pros, like the developers are kind of the, the cool kids and like the, um, you know, if anything, like the content guys like me are kind of the nerds and he you know, was making <laughs> some yeah. joke about knocking the cafeteria tray out of my hands and, uh, you know, <laughs> like me going and crying in the corner someplace, but it, we, <laughs> Our, our devs are just totally rock stars and it was really mm -hmm. fun to meet those guys. Cause like, you know, I mean, we give the, Hey, can, can we make a tool out of this? Sure. And then like, you know, the next day they've got like a tool up on the site. It's, they're just amazing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow. That's awesome. Pat, we're, we're super thankful that, you know, you, you got this new opportunity with fantasy pros. It's definitely well-deserved. I've enjoyed listening to you on the podcast over there with Joey P and D Brown this year. So uh, awesome to see that. Any final advice for anyone out there, whatever they're pursuing? Because it seems like you definitely, you know, found your happiness with what you're doing right now. Yeah, uh, you know, just uh, like be be nice to people, uh, make make friends, expand your horizons, and, and like get into as many like new and interesting. I don't know, like try to develop new skills if you can. Like if someone volunteers to teach you something like, yeah, yeah. learn, learn that. So um, that's it. Be good to people. Awesome. Rub elbows, man. Rub elbows. Yeah, for sure. Someone told me that and, recently and it, it's huge. Yeah. And mm -hmm. really looking forward to rubbing elbows and uh, hopefully, you know, clinking glasses with you guys at the expo in, uh, in August. Yeah, yes, we'll be absolutely. there. Absolutely, guys. Well, Pat, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you to our amazing audience. Um, audio version will be out tomorrow. Hopefully you guys want to check that out if you list, missed any of Pat's analysis on the Russell Wilson trade or on his story as well. 
If you're on our YouTube page, guys, one more time, the easiest way to support us here in between media is to hit that subscribe button. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Uh, guys, two, two weeks, we'll be back here. Nate, you and I will be back here. Scott, we're going to break down all the rest of the craziness that's about to unfold over this next week. Um, guys, for... Pat, Jen, and Nate. I'm Seth, and we'll be back here in two weeks on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 